Hello, and thanks for joining today's episode of the Founders Corner podcast hosted by AJ Prasad. Join AJ as he sits down with healthcare professionals to discuss ways of improving their marketing efforts. As an entrepreneur and proud owner of several seven-figure web-based businesses, AJ has now dedicated himself to helping healthcare professionals in building up their practices. If you would like to contact AJ and become a guest on the Founders Corner podcast, fill out the form on our website. In today's episode, AJ will be speaking with Dr. Yuna Rappaport, a board-certified and fellowship-trained ophthalmologist who has been in private practice in New York City for over three years. She has recently started her own ophthalmology practice, Manhattan Eye, and is working on growing her practice through SEO and marketing. Enjoy the show. Hi, Dr. Yuna. How are you? I'm great, AJ. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. You're most welcome, and thanks for being part of the our podcast. So I can see that you, for three years, you have been doing this practice. Give us a little bit more background in terms of where you went to the medical school and how long you have been practicing and all. So uh, I trained um, at uh, Northwestern. They had an honors combined medical program for uh, undergrad and medicine. I did a master's in public health at the same time. Um, I took a year off to do a large research project in uh, India and in Ghana, and it was there that I discovered my love of ophthalmology and cataract surgery, and I can talk a little bit about that later. And then I Mm -hmm. did my residency training at Vanderbilt and my fellowship in cornea and refractive surgery at Harvard, and I've been practicing in New York City for the last uh, five years, and I started my Mm -hmm. own practice a little bit over a year ago right before the pandemic. So very interesting time to start, but we're growing rapidly, just expanded to our second location. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's very exciting. There's a lot of growth. There's also a lot of room for more growth as well. And um, we're we're very excited about the next few years. Perfect. So so how many, uh, when you're saying that you uh, expanded to new locations, so do you have, how many providers are there? Are you, do you have more ophthalmologists? It's, just, it's, or? it's yeah. just me, a technician, you know, our biller. We have a whole team, but it's I'm the only okay. uh, physician at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's not full time at either location. So we split our time between the two. Okay, okay, perfect, perfect. So uh, I totally understand that. And, uh, you know, b- you know, we'll get to your, your specific question, but can, can you share with us what you are doing for marketing right now? Sure. So most of our new patients come from the best way, I think, which is word of mouth. You do a great surgery with a patient and they send their family, they send their friends. So it's organic. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's excellent. And that's initially how you start off. I think in terms of what we're actively trying, a little bit of uh, uh, physician relationships, which isn't quite marketing, but However, mm-hmm. I can meet meet new uh, referring doctors. I think that's an excellent way because I know that the physicians I refer to, I trust a lot and vice versa. Uh, we have tried recently doing a few email marketing campaigns to our existing database and they did not go over well. I don't think that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a fine line because what we provide are medical services. Some of what we provide are elective ser- services like LASIK and mm-hmm. premium cataract surgery. But it's a fine balance because we 
you know, I don't ever want to be selling something to a patient. I don't ever, you know, I can recommend certain things and we can market our services because I take great pride in our, my surgical skill and in the whole office's ability to take care Mm -hmm. of patients. Um, But I, we we don't want to, uh, you know, be selling services in the same way of, you know, Bloomingdale sells shoes, for example. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah. We, we tried, um, we, we tried email marketing, um, didn't respond mm-hmm. very well. We are now starting to try Facebook ads and Instagram ads. It's interesting mm-hmm. to think about, you know, which patient demographic would respond better to which, you know, different age mm-hmm. groups are on di- different social media platform. I think, younger people are on Instagram or TikTok or Clubhouse. And, you know, some of our older patients are on, on Facebook. Um, you know, too bad MySpace is dead, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> things of the previous uh, generation. Um, and we did do Google and Yelp ads for a while. I don't think we got very high ROI. Um, so that's really it in terms of kind of direct marketing that we're doing at this time. I was thinking of going to sort of local optometry schools and trying to market there, but then the pandemic happened, so nothing was in person anyways. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Okay. So, so, so good. I mean, you know, you are on top of at least what you're doing and also uh, I know that you have you had some specific questions for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, let's let's talk about those uh, the question that you had. Sure. Yeah. So you know, a lot a lot of what we do also revolves around HIPAA because we want to protect. Correct. Number one, we want to protect patient data. You know, it's different than mm-hmm. a non medical business. So. You know, my initial question was, how do other practices manage their retention email marketing with patient email addresses? And are there specific HIPAA hoops, um, you know, privacy hoops that we need to follow to make sure that patient data is safe? And do most um, other practices use their practice management system for both clinical information and the promotional information? Okay, so I I can I can share with you about uh, our clients. Uh, so first, let me tell you what generally speaking they do uh, with the email addresses that they have, and then I will tell you, you know how they they are doing it. So one thing that that we always recommend uh, to everyone is to send out uh, a regular newsletter. You know, once a month is good enough, just just to be in front of your your patients. And generally speaking. Uh, when when there's a relevant newsletter, and and the newsletter is not sales pitch, uh, you know, with is generally speaking, mm-hmm. you're talking about uh, some uh, whatever is the latest trend, some information, and and obviously once in a while it's perfectly okay to have an ad uh, in the mm-hmm. newsletter itself, mm-hmm. but having a regular newsletter it helps because the patient get into the habit of getting something from you regularly so that even if you can, uh, once in a while you will send something of just salesy, they will still open it and they will respond to it. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's something that, that they are doing. Uh, then you can use some mass communication tools, but uh, anything, any regular information that is relevant, you know, to in their area. So 
obviously all your patients, um, so there's, there's no HIPAA about telling someone that, hey, you know, this is the latest uh, issue or, you know, I'm just making it up. I don't know if there's an issue or not, but um, we know the coronavirus seemed to, to have this kind of impact on, could be on the, on the eyesight. So, uh, so anything that is relevant, you can, you again, communicating with the patient so that they will set up or, you know, it could be as simple as uh, why regular, you know, you, uh, you know, we recommend that you regularly get your eyes tested or whatever. Something that you are mm-hmm. just sending to everyone. It's a kind of extension to the newsletter, but, but it is something very specific. Newsletter is more like, like it says, news. This is something that you are addressing to them, to the patient. But again, on non-HIPAA. So the HIPAA issue only comes in when, when you are using the patient's specific information, right, and talking about their issue. So, so long you are just, just talking about general issues, there, there's no, nothing to do with HIPAA. And the third, okay. thing that, that our, third thing that you can do definitely is get into, and these are automated, so there are tools, the automated system, but just sending them uh, so that you will have their birthday, not date, but the day, right? That's just sending a happy birthday e-card or, you know, a, you know uh, Merry Christmas or these days just uh, holidays, you know, holiday season greetings. Um, have a great Labor Day. And, you know, these are very automated systems that you can place so that the idea is that you want to be in front of uh, patients uh, all the time, the ones that have already mm-hmm. seen you, because that way, you know, they get into, you want to get them into the habit of uh, listening to you. So, so this is how uh, you want to do it because anything else, uh, the retention email, and these are the things that you do for retention. And also, like I said, so long it is all relevant and it is not um, you know, to, to them and it's not selling. Uh, obviously, like birthday card, I mean, you're not selling anything, right? You're sending someone happy birthday or, uh, you know, some greetings or the newsletter, you, you will have one ad, but then there are a lot of regular information that that we can uh, that you can add uh you know similarly yeah, when you are interesting uh, points so so that's that, that is what our uh, clients are doing uh, generally speaking and that seemed to be effective and again uh, one thing that i will tell you that other than um talking about uh, w- when it comes to roi these are things that what we what i just told you it, you know, you, you can obviously always check and see what kind of effect it has, but this is more a retention and getting uh, the, you know, top of the mind awareness uh, ideas uh, rather than, you know, selling. Because the thing that never works right. is you just suddenly they get an email and say, now I'm offering this and you get a 50% discount. Uh, people tend to ignore it, but when they are in the habit of uh, seeing your, you know, brief, um, these kind of uh, regular touch points, then you, even right. when you sell once in a while uh, a marketing campaign, it is more effective. Fair enough. Excellent point. So just be constantly on their mind. Um, I think the newsletter mm-hmm. is a great idea in terms of here are some new technologies just out on the market. This is, I find yes. this interesting from a, a medical point of view and I just want to share because uh, 
you know, I, I want my patient base to be informed about the latest technologies, and I find it interesting. Those are excellent ideas, AJ. I like those a lot. Um, Good. Yeah, I think um, my other question um, was, you know, outside of Google and Facebook, or maybe even Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, mm -hmm. what do you think is the next best high ROI channels for specifically driving LASIK sales? You know, we've seen the statistics this past year, LASIK is up 30%. Um, you know, patients are tired of wearing glasses from the masks. Everyone's at home on the computers and tired of wearing mm -hmm. contact lenses. So to the extent that people want to get LASIK, how do we drive, um, you know, those, those patients to our site and, and to our practice? So, so okay, good, very good question. So I will tell you, like, there's two other channels that, you know, everyone thinks Google, and yes, Google is the most dominant player, but, uh, but there's a Bing also, and there's a DuckDuckGo. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... Right. Uh, and these two uh, two attract very different target audience. So Bing uh, hmm. attracts older people, believe it or not. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they they tend to to go on on Bing. So if you have older patient, then then mm -hmm. that's a target. And DuckDuckGoGo is more about people who are very concerned about the privacy and all that, right? That they don't privacy, want. Uh, right. mm -hmm. Yeah. So so those immediately, I would say that that you know, I would add to it. Uh, uh, but mm -hmm. other than that, I will tell you that the highest ROI that you will get is um, is number one. Um, you need to have an online reputation management process, uh, which means mm -hmm. uh, you know there are like six, seven. I think there are seven um, platforms that we focus on uh, these review platforms, and you want to make sure that you are getting reviews on all those platforms on a regular basis. Because what happens mm -hmm. that when when it comes to um, you know the new patient, especially when they are looking for uh, for a provider, so in their decision process, selection process, uh, this reviews play a very big role. Uh, it, mm -hmm. Literally, there about forty percent of the people trust review more than even a referral from their physicians. Uh, so so it and then the other challenge. I'm saying challenge for a provider like you is, uh, so out of those seven review sites, they may go typically one or two. And so you almost have to be on all of them. So suppose you have really good reviews on Google, but no reviews on, say, WebMD. Now what, what happens is, yeah, someone is checking on Google will, will find you, but if someone is checking for reviews on WebMD, they don't find you and no review is today as bad as you know, bad review. So, so that I would say that number one thing that you should totally focus on if you are when you are trying to acquire a new patient is you make sure that you have a lot of reviews on okay. on all the review mm -hmm. channels. Okay, so that's one thing. The second I would say is, and it almost follows it because you need to have good reviews in order to get this one, but the SEO. Uh, and I don't know if you know search engine optimization, right? Uh, are you aware of what mm -hmm. SEO is? Of course, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so SEO is is in the long run has the highest return because what happens that the cost of SEO is same, and then but the return just keeps on improving over a period of time. Now you know it's not like it. It is only limited to the number of searches ultimately, 
but that also gives you a very high return. So I would say uh, right now, um, you know, I'm first thing first, you want to make sure that you have really good reviews on all the uh, review sites. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and then second, I would, I would say um, SEO. So these are two things that will give you the highest return other than Google, Facebook, uh, you know, uh, your, you said uh, Yahoo, DuckDuckGoGo, Bing. So those are the PPC, but even mm -hmm. there also, uh, Dr. Yuna, is uh, what will happen is if your online reputation is not very good, then you, again, your return is not going to be very good there either because people will find out right. about you, but just trust me, before they contact you, they are just going to be checking the reviews. And that is true for, I think, 90 plus percent mm -hmm. of the patients now the first step they do is they go and check the uh, the review of the providers. Right, I, I think you couldn't be more right. And, uh, you know, we, we actually do uh, work on that quite a bit. So I think Google, what were the other ones you said? You said Google reviews, WebMD, the, I know I have a lot of reviews. On yeah, so, so I will tell you, yeah, so, so you have Google, you have Facebook, obviously, then you have Yelp. All the Yelp, mm -hmm. you will be surprised, Yelp is is the, is very small percent of the people go on Yelp looking for physician, but it still is there. But then you have a WebMD, you have um, RateMD, then you have Health Grades, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you know ZogDoc, and there's one other Vitals. So these are okay, like the okay. eight. I've heard of these. Yeah, so you want to make sure you'll be surprised. For uh, we did a, a, a very extensive market research uh, last year. I mean, and I think that we have to redo it again. Uh, for you know, we did uh, fifteen hundred surveys of patients all over the country, uh, and the usage of which review sites. We just wanted to see what percent, how, what is their behavior, how are they using reviews, and we were just surprised to find out how much uh, it, it. You know, older people will go to WebMD more, believe it or not. Uh, younger people on Google. Then okay. uh, north in in the northeast looks like a lot of people go on uh, rate MD versus Midwest vitals is more uh, popular, so it it's kind of um, mix mix match. So you, what you may want to do is is make sure you know the bottom line is I would say because certain percent of the people are going on all the review sites, so having a process that that you are getting regular reviews on on every site is a is a great. Uh, thing that you need to do, uh, and uh, and again, Google is obviously you know is the most dominant. Like sixty something percent of the people will check your reviews on Google, so Google reviews are very important. Uh, mm -hmm. the, what we have seen is the Google is most visited you... than it is. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. This is very useful. Go, go ahead. This is very helpful. So Google is most. Yeah. Visited. So. Uh -huh. So, so, and then after Google is your uh, um, WebMD, uh, and then I think it's Facebook, okay. and then you have Health Grades. Uh, uh, you know, your uh, Yelp is like second last. Uh, but ag again, you know, if you if you have to have three, four sites, you want to make sure that Google, Facebook, WebMD, and and uh, Health Grades, you are definitely want to be there. But for on the rest also. And now ZogDoc is becoming, you know, is coming up. So you want to be there also. It, it's, I mean, there there is no respite, you know, from from this thing. So you you just want to have a, a process in place 
so that it's automatically you are getting um, uh, reviews on on different sites mm -hmm. from people. Those are super useful. And then sort of just a piggyback question on that is how do you then recommend we ask for reviews? We send, you know, an automated email after every patient visit, whether it's in person or telemedicine. Um, but we get a very low hit rate. Very few people actually click on the link and leave a review, even if we so, know they had a great experience. Mm -hmm. so, so what happened, Dr. Yuna, is back in 2014, when in our marketing, we started to realize that reviews are so important, we can do whatever uh, you know, uh, we can and get all these providers in front of the patient, but unless they have good reviews, you know, people, we, we can't help them. So we created a platform uh, where what we do is we first we ask for the satisfaction. So what happens when, when you really go and ask automatically for review, then again, they are like not that excited. So what we did is we created a process where every day all the patients that go to a, a physician, uh, we will send them just a one question, uh, um, you know, satisfaction survey, think of it. It's like, would you recommend uh, your friends or relatives based on your experience today kind of thing, right? And, and when the people, the ones that rate very high, and we ask them for the, the reason so that you are also getting, you know, all sort of new um, testimonials, you know, from there, because we ask them, can we share when someone is very happy? But, but when someone is saying they are very happy, which we always ask zero to 10 scale, and I can explain to you why it's zero to 10, not one to five. But when someone okay. says eight, nine, 10, then we ask them, um, you know, thank them and, and say, would you mind, sharing your experience. Uh, so first thing we say, let us know. Uh, so right there they share, and then we make it very easy for them to click on any of the review sites and, and write it. So what happens is that if you are sending someone an email, right, and say, would you please write a review, uh, you try to write a review on health grades and, and it is like, a, you know, they will have to write it and there's an email goes and everything you know, on, on uh, uh, Google. Uh, so they have to first find you, right? And then, uh, mm -hmm. so, so it's a lot of work. So you make it very easy for them by saying, oh, you just click here and it takes us straight to your profile and, and write a review. So we are, you know, what we, we are, are seeing is- We are doing that and we're still finding, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, so, so what percent here, so what, what we are seeing is about 40% of the people uh, respond to this initial survey about you know, their satisfaction level. And then out of that 40, 30% uh, or so uh, will, uh, will share that review because what we do is we ask for their feedback right there. And then mm -hmm. when they go to write the review, we just make it very easy. If they want, they can just click, basically copy, you know, automatically just paste it uh, so that it okay. makes it super easy for them to do it. So we are on, on average, I would say that 8% of the patients are right writing reviews so like like i said 30 to 40 percent will respond to the survey and out of that uh 20 percent or so will go uh, you know 20 25 percent will write the review so mm -hmm. about eight percent uh of, of the patient are writing review now the good news about review is you don't need millions of those you but what you want the minimum 10 uh is is what people expect 
And then, then, but the recency becomes very important, right? So on the review is, if there are 15 reviews and three of them were written in the last one month or last two months, that is good enough. Uh, you don't need millions mm. of, of re reviews there uh, for, for people. So, so it seems to work. So yeah, if, if you are seeing, I don't know how many patients that you see, uh, and then again, depending on the procedure. So if, if someone has, if you have performed a cataract surgery, and someone is very happy, the chances of them writing a review is much higher than you are a primary care physician and someone just went there for regular checkup, right? So, uh, uh, so, so that, that is the thing. I, the bottom line is that you want to automate. So you already have it automated, right? You are sending email. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I guess the only thing mm -hmm. you are not doing in the process is you are not first asking, you know, for their, um, you know, response and how, you know, how was how satisfied you were with the visit. So that part, are you asking that also in your process? We we are. We um, we basically send a brief email that says, were you happy today? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. And then it directs them to say, please, please leave a review with a direct, or please share your experience with a direct link to Google and Yelp. And they can pick one. No, it directs them to leave a private message that goes directly to us so we can take that feedback and learn from it. So that's how we do the automated, okay. um, the automated so, system. So, so, mm -hmm. so by the way, Dr. Yuna, I will tell you that um, for Yelp, it's a no-no. So if the Yelp finds out, I mean, because mm -hmm. you're, like you said, not a lot of people are writing it. So Yelp uh, forbids you to directly ask for it that way. So for Yelp, you almost have to, to drive them to your website to click on, on that. So, so Yelp is pain in the neck, but the good news is that, that your prospective patient are not checking Yelp anyway. So, so that is the advantage. Uh, with Yelp, okay, okay. Uh, and and so and the, and the Google, are you getting on Google also with your process? We are. We we don't have many. I'm looking it up right now. We have something like forty. I mean, it's it's basically a five star rating, a uh, four point nine rating. So it's an excellent yeah. rating. Um, so forty is fantastic. Just not many. Uh, yeah, oh, but you don't yeah, need so more than that. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so well, so you are very good. good. You just make make sure that that now you have to start getting it on the other platforms like Facebook and WebMD and yeah, and the RateMD and all those also. Okay, good, interesting. So it's good to diversify. That's very helpful. Thank yeah. you. Um, okay. Well, yeah. Well, this was very very uh, helpful. And, and what are your thoughts on some of the newer platforms like TikTok or Clubhouse or these fads? Is you know, because some doctors are on all of these as well. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on these? So, so we generally speaking, we don't uh, go for the, you know, on the latest fad. So we don't do, we don't chase the the latest shining object. So mm -hmm. we have not really looked into uh, until it establishes. Uh, what will happen is TikTok. So if for, you know, in terms of the effort that you'll make versus the the response is not not going to be very high just because it is not so TikTok right now it is not established in terms of who is the target audience there right so until right. you know the target audience and you you know that's why Facebook for example is uh, and Instagram is so effective because you can really very narrow target your uh, mm -hmm. you know the audience there. 
So I would say instead of those, maybe what you want to do is is you you look on Twitter. By the way, Twitter is not is Twitter is is again. It's not like you will get a lot of uh, um, business from there, but Twitter is also retargeted and it helps you with your branding. So I would say yep, do that, that and. And, and then retargeted advertising, if you're not using it, that is something that you can try. So when, when you're doing paid advertising or when someone visits your website right through SEO, and if they don't convert immediately, uh, the retargeted advertising will chase them. So they could be on New York Times and they see an, your ad there, right? So, so, I, so that it is a constant reminder. So I would say retargeted advertising is something you should look into. And the the one retargeted uh, advertising, okay. Yeah, and and the couple of things that I will also suggest, uh, which is uh, you know which is very effective, is one thing you want to create an automatic process uh, for asking for referrals since you're already asking your peop people right, uh, are you happy? Not happy? Um, yes, no. So the ones who said yes, you don't have to do that immediately, but you can have it in the database and then then later on, just ask them for referrals. The, the magic about referral is that you have to ask them, ask for it. Uh, and, uh, you mean and, ask and you will, directly in person? Yeah, no, by, by email. Just, and, and give them a, mm -hmm. a so what, what we do is we will, we will ask them for referrals, right on behalf, of course, of the, you know, so our client will ask them for referral and by email. But right there, if they are happy, make it really easy for them. So all they have to do is add uh, the name and the email address of the, in, in, so along with that, there's a form that they just add the name and email address of their friends. And then, then just, just say send referral, which is basically submit what you call. And an email goes from them to their friends introducing you, but you also know that, uh, so you will know that, okay, AJ recommended me to uh, Pauline. So one thing that you, you can do is say, thank you, AJ, and, and, and we reached with Pauline directly by email, by, uh, you know, by phone or whatever. So, so that is one thing that you should do. And then the other thing is, since you are already doing the refer, uh, and going after the referring physicians, like you said initially, uh, this, um, you know, almost like I would say automate the process. So when mm -hmm. what you can do is you, you can have a content along with your say reputation score and stuff like that. Um, and, and Pauline, uh, send Dr. Yuna the repu, um, what do we call that? Uh, repu tally link. Yeah. So, so, uh, so what, what that will do Dr. Yuna is it, you can see, uh, overall score, you know, how, how you do compared to your, um, uh, peers. And then, then you can use th things like that and your credentials, which is fantastic credentials that, that you already have. Uh, and then you can just automate a system where you have the uh, you know, list of referring physician. By email, you can introduce yourself. You can, then they can get added to your, when they have opened, they can get added to your newsletters, right? So, so again, the idea is that you want the top of the mind awareness so that when they have a patient that, that requires your expertise, then they remember. The, oh, you know, I can send it to Dr. Mm -hmm. Yuna. That's, you know, that's the main thing. So I would, so the more automated marketing that you can, uh, you can do, 
the the easier it will be because you don't have to think about it. You don't have to do anything. Uh, the patients are getting uh, requests, and you know not everyone will will uh, recommend, but you will start getting referrals from patients. You know that that way, automatically through emails, and and then you'll you you know there's always a trickle of new things that's coming. What I have noticed about marketing is there's seldom you hit home run. <laughs> so most of the marketing campaign. Yeah, exactly. It is cumulative. So, so you you have you in in the baseball term, I say you get singles and doubles uh, mostly, rather than um, you know home runs. And you know, but those those you know those will keep on adding into runs and runs and runs, and then that's how we you win. Great. I love that analogy. That's that's very helpful. Um, well, thank you so much for uh, such an interesting conversation and discussion. I, I really appreciate all of your insight. It's so uh, data-backed and data-driven, which is very helpful, of course. So I, I really appreciate your time and your expertise. Perfect. And it was wonderful talking to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Founders Corner podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. If you are interested in being a guest, be sure to visit our main page at www.gmrwebteam.com forward slash the Founders Corner.